0: documentaries, uh-huh. history, insights, interviews, chef's deep dive. And welcome to Shep's Deep Dive. And God has fucking about time blessed me with a threesome. It's not Tina Turner and Shakira. No, it's Bob Fleming and John Akid, podcast extraordinaires from Prug to Who. Check t- 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 this out and take your seat. I get that wrong every time. <laughs> me, me too. So nice Tell <laughs>
1: Who put fifty? Who put fifty p? Dickhead. Well, you switch on, don't you? <laughs> yes,
2: when you in this analogy, am I Shakira in this analogy then? No, so just clear this up because I don't want to be Tina Turner particularly. Oh, well, Tina Turner would be the favourite. one. Well, she's got the thighs. You've got the legs for Tina Turner. You've got god. the legs. She's like 70, 75, She's older than my mum. I don't want that. Like, I don't want that
1: in my life.
0: Oh my god! And now I want your mum in mine now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my, my old blues band once did a gig in the in Cumbria, in the Lake District, uh, and it was weird as fuck. I don't know how we got booked, but it was seventieth party. Um, and I tell you, who was there. Brian Kidd from Man City. You know Brian Kidd, yeah, yeah. who's at Man City, the, uh, um whatever, uh, like and Nash. then and then uh, they had a Tina Turner tribute act supporting us, so fucking she came in like ah fucking lightning, it was amazing, and then I looked over doing sound for her was Rod Stewart. Like Rod Stewart tribute acts. So she's married to a Rod Stewart tribute. It was the fucking trippiest thing ever. Brown kid. Tina Turner around and Rod Stewart his sound. It was fucking weird. And we went down like a
2: bag of shit. Everyone fucked off.
1: And we came on stage because oh no. we're a blues band.
2: Never play gigs in the middle of nowhere, Bob. Spennymar. Mo- <laughs> Spennymar. Spenny- uh, oh, my yeah. God.
1: We got out alive, didn't we? Just people. We did not gig in more. It's weird. And me and John and uh, our other mate in the plug. And we had... Basically, everyone was just gormets, and just as we started, we went, "He's a shite," and what yeah. oh, no. He's a fucking shite, <laughs> really? Yeah. But uh, we had to do about full, four like... people in there as well. <laughs> like, yeah, for was like two-hour sets to get paid yeah. as well. We outnumbered the audience. Oh, it, bad, was, so. it was horrible.
0: Well, I'm really oh. glad both of you were on my podcast. It's like I've been on to Who, but, uh, you know, the lockdown one. I've been on uh, Take Your Seats as well. Proper have a really good buzz on both of them. And you on mine, my first threesome. I, yeah, can't, I can't, believe it. My mum's going to be so chuffed out have had my first threesome, especially with Bob. <laughs> I know, yeah.
1: I'll tell still her, her, have a bit, of, bit of energy left in me for later. Yeah, I'll, shop, t- I'll yeah. tell her.
0: I'll tell her she'd be well chuffed.
1: I don't, I don't like to disappoint your mother.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I think this film might disappoint me, Mum. Yeah, oh, this God. isn't one for the mums. Man bites dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a Belgian film back in 1992. And it came out roughly at a time when, I think early 90s, you had that period of drama with ultra violence. So, you had Reservoir Dogs, Bad Lieutenant, Romp Stomper, all those coming in at quite a similar time. So, have you guys seen it before? Before I suggested it.
1: I have not had this. Bless my life before no
0: yes uh, I saw it in the early
2: 90s or it must have been mid 90s something like that it must have been at the time when the internet was around because I'll have, I don't think I'll have got it legitimately so <laughs> I've got uh, so I, I remember hearing that it was uh, it was kind of one of those uh, films that it, the word goes around that it's off the off the edge yeah so I thought I'd give it a bash I remember thinking at the time that it was like uh, it was like a bit nuts I, mean, I was a bit, maybe I wasn't ready to watch it, perhaps.
0: If you think about it, at the time, though, in the ni- early early 90s, you also had um, the Sundance Film Festival reestablished it- itself. So they changed the name to Sundance Film Festival in 91. And there was a huge surge of indie films coming out. And a lot of people, because it was able to, you know, uh, grab quite enough uh, cheap video camera and do their own. So you had, like, in 94, you had the Clerks. Which was put together, you know um Kevin Smith, and uh like I, I think even Romper Stomper was quite budgetly made. you had um Peter Jackson putting his films together, I think it was it brain dead or some of that earlier stuff in the early nineties as well, so when this one came out, it does have that feel does not it of a of a student one, but it's so well crafted in the story i think it, I think the thing for me is from this part po- from
1: this point of view it's a it's a proper long, it's an yeah. hour and a half you feel yeah. that's good in it. It's done in black and white, uh, and there's no like CGI effects required or anything. It's it's just about the actors, isn't it? And how how they sort of they go about doing it. And I think I think if I'm right in saying this, I think it took six and a half years to make this, uh, or it took a long time anyway. When it could have taken a couple of months, kind of thing.
2: So that's that, sometimes was that for budget reasons? Because I imagine that the, usually the problem they have is making money to make the film, which is what the film is also. I think the film so. also goes over that, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I got, because um, I bought I bought this on DVD, believe it or not, uh, and they had some limited extra, extras on there. There was this whole just bit of, you know, just text really going through the making of it and how it was made and where, you know, where it was sort of like successful kind of thing. And the, the, I think there's a the quote in it, which basically says like, you don't feel like wrong yeah. watching this until you've watched it. Like it kind of makes it all okay, the way they do it. And it's only after you've, Finish watching it like i'm going to say things out loud on this podcast i'm going to go wow yeah. i that out loud and, and people are going to go what the fuck are you watching It's <laughs> you pet you bunch of weirdos but it is it's 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 so clever from that point of view and you don't you're looking at this this these scenes which will yeah. obviously go through and you're going that's <laughs> fucking look at that and it's horrible you know when you say it out loud but it's it's yeah. not and it's so clever the it, way it's it sort that. of
0: It allows you being the viewer to be also the voyeur and the observer of what's going to happen. And I know a lot of people say, you know, a film after film, they go, oh, it was well ahead of its time. Well, this one was, this sort of, like, predicted your YouTube, your, your Twitch, your... Um, you know, your obsession with people filming everything, you could go on Facebook now, you could go on Twitter now, you can search for fights, and there's some bugger out there showing you and filming a fight, and even though you want to turn away, you know it's wrong, you're watching it, and before that, the only stuff you had was either the snuff films, and this just makes you watch a car crash, you don't want to go past this car crash happening, do you? It's kind of,
1: I don't even think it's a car crash, it's it... I think the theme for me is trying to normalize it. So you've got the scene at the beginning, yeah. which is mental, uh, and then then he's got his parents. It's he's try All he kind of wants is mates and kind of to be normal, but his job happens to be um, a, f- a fucking serial killer or whatever he is.
2: Occasionally, um, he's a postman too, so that's good. Yeah, I did manage to uh, come up with the most fucking pretentious sentence I ever, I've ever written in my entire life after watching this film. This film is like. The whole idea of it uh is you can get away with showing all the stuff that they yeah. show, particularly because it's been done in a uh, for a start it's a comedy it's a mockumentary it's um uh, it, it's it got a higher sort of concept there about how there is a kind of sick yearning for ever more violence in our entertainment and it's uh so I wrote it's about desensitization and voyeurism how our sick yearning for ever more violence creates yet more violence, and in this film it takes us to the point where we should stop watching, but we don't, which says a lot about the disconnect between consumption and culpability, and in general loss of empathy that affects real life, and it's a vicious circle that is the most pretentious thing I've ever written but it does kind of sum up what my thoughts are about this film the violence and all the ultra-violence isn't really important Uh, insofar as it's saying what are you willing to watch what are you willing to consume? And it, even as it gets worse and worse as the film goes on, um, you're still yeah. there. You're there right to the end, not because you have to watch it for yeah. a podcast, but it's just a but good because book. it's it's just a, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's got a great it's got a great message. It's um, but unfortunately, um, it's going to get lost. Uh, it, the, the the uniqueness of the message is going to get lost yeah. in the all the violence which people are going to see and just. That's all they're going to think but, about. But, but
1: then... it's comedy. It's comedy. Like, he is a fucking clown. You know, like, he's just a Doyle. You know what I mean? Like, he's not. Yeah. You don't take him seriously. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's fucking killing people and mm. doing all these other things as well. You know, it's just. He's, yeah. He's
0: also quite charismatic the way he is and he flows yeah. around his day-to-day life that it's it is his job, and he just you know he's also thinking that he's a film star, and you're watching this star, and he's getting away with whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it. And up to the point, like very similar to what uh, John says, I've written down that he it, at first it's the documentary, so it's the documentary uh, crew, like Louis Theroux, filming this this nutter, and it slowly evolves to the point where the The person who is documenting becomes the director, becomes the writer, becomes the person, including the the documentary people around him, to be up and up the violence. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, you you become watching it and you become part of it as well.
2: Well, that's the thing. The closer the documentary crew gets to participating in it, the more that you're dragged into being. You're no longer watching a documentary, you're participating. Uh, and and that's and yeah the the lead is is super confident he's like he, he, he's one of these people that is like pretends to be sophisticated so he's probably I don't know if he is sophisticated or clever but he has like ideas about aesthetics and architecture and classic music a he's got he likes poetry he likes he tries towards the sophistication to kind of balance this psychotic side of him maybe. I
1: don't know i just think he's I just like i think he just wants to have i think he kind of just wants to be normal um and it's and he wants friends and he can sort of see that in him when he when the walk when the crew walk go out with him for a two hour drive yeah. to a fish restaurant and you know like and it, they're all making excuses and
2: then that, and then and then in the next scene they are at that fish restaurant. <laughs> <That's funny>. so, <laughs> so he's like they've said no but off camera then you know he's he's clearly
0: persuaded well, them.
2: All the way through, he's dangerous and he's on the edge. You never know what he's going to do. And yeah, and that like that scene uh, in the back in the picture of you back when he's uh, gets the holster, so he tries out and he shoots their their friend, Wait, who's the, annoyed him briefly. Well, yeah, because he's and then, jealous. And then he's nobody, jealous. yeah, and then nobody um, responds in the right way. Everybody's just silent. And then like what's she called the the prostitute uh, woman? What the old Jenny? Old whore. She, she, she just turns words. up. She's like covered in blood but she's no no back no one like as a nine
0: <laughs> gives him a stuff yeah it's well like, it's... Yeah. So
1: basically he's trying to chop his his old whore woman and valerie who he perceives to be his yeah. girlfriend this this and he's blatantly a fucking pedo yeah. as well so when he's on about valerie when he first met her and she was 10 years old and he was uh, eating the little white socks looking sexy <laughs> and all this i mean and then he, and then he's a, i think there's another bit of pedo moment later on like he's an absolute fucking wrong and pedo fucking killer but it's just it's everything wrong in one person. And yeah, you like John was saying, you go along you with his journey. But don't don't feel no, it like he, that.
0: He's they throw everything what could possibly wrong at you from this man. But you also have yeah. the sense of I wanna sort of go on his journey, I wanna watch what he does. I'm interested to see who he is. You're laughing with his in jokes when he's when he goes to was it his granddad or dad and his his dad is talking about uh, Bridget Bardot panties. and it just goes off and it's things like little moments like that where I've actually um, watched a few other reviews before I did this podcast and some people says um, oh it it dips in the middle when he's going on for the mundanities of life but to me I find that more of a connection to him He sort of you you see that realism rather than the splatter all over the place more like a Quentin Tarantino movie this twists it on his head, like, I go to see my mum like that. I go and have a laugh with people in the pub like that. So it shows that it can just be the person next door. Well, I mean, you see, you know that time when he when he becomes yeah. a postman?
2: Uh, he kills a postman and takes over his round for the morning. And he's playing with those kids. He's like all joking around with the little kids with little water pistols. Then it cuts to the next scene where they're loads of dead bodies and. Him shooting well, loads I, of different people. I think it's from the
1: the first scene though, isn't it? Like literally you've got him strangling a woman on a train, does the little bit of tra- train thing and he's burying her body. But I love that um basically at the beginning of every month he kills a postman to get the mail so he can ascertain who's got money. Uh, you know, with the post and things like that. Or, or do the round and try and you know, this way the ways he sort of um gets into people's houses and stuff like that. It's just it's just fucking great. I mean, the bit of beginning where he's on about bone density and how much um, more, more body weight you need to drown an adult, which is only three times, but like an old person because they've got <laughs> porous bones, you need five times and midgets are even worse. And all this, like, like he's doing his full thing. thing. <laughs> and you, but you are full like you fucking listen to good, really? Is that, you know, like, I mean, he's probably talking bollocks, but it doesn't matter. You're like, oh, that's some interesting facts right there about how to fucking get rid of bodies. but. He, and then, and then, but then you cut to, like, he's then going to his family. Oh, hello, this is my mum, this is my dad, this is, you know, and all that. And it's all, like, you know, lovely, lovely, lovely kind of thing.
2: Now, I'm under the impression that the family that they interviewed uh, was actually his yeah. family. Yeah. That yeah, was it his mum and yeah. dad. And all that. and he didn't tell them what, what he was interviewed, what that scene was about. Just, <laughs> they didn't know that he was also a serial killer because the family wouldn't know. Or kind no. of must have known to a little, to a certain extent. But that's uh, that's curious how they uh, how how that innocent of, of the family and how they uh, enable him a little bit and back him up and, and that's a normality that everybody has in their life just they don't all yeah. always have the extra bit where they go around chopping people to bits and things
1: and he's he's he's, he's cleverer to do that though you know just have his parents be natural. Not knowing what the film's about, I just, you know, I'm just going to film this kind of thing. I mean, you, you can, t- you can definitely tell that now. You say that, you know, that they didn't know yeah, kind I, of thing. I read the, um, the
0: similar that it was his, his mum, dad, and even some people that like, they actually knew, and not telling them is such a clever way to get their realism on board. Now, if we would have told them what he was doing, yeah. you know, I mean, they would have been standoffish, would have treated him completely <laughs> different. It's the fact that. Uh, like you said, it's the normality. It's the mundane. It's very similar to um, how, how David Lidge approaches his films. He always had parts in his film where people would say he's mundane. He's just going on with this uh, this bit. That's just everyday life. But they show that everyday life to show you that he's just a normal person. It could easily be the guy next door you live with. I think it's, a, it's coupled. I think it's,
1: it, you know, this sort of realism and everything like that. And obviously it's quite quite a fascination, um, but he's just, I don't i don't know, I don't know what it is about this film, because you couldn't just have fucking killing all the way through it because you need, I don't think these bits are mundane, like, like you were like you're saying, yeah. they're essential but getting to kind of like the you characters yeah. or have some form of empathy or whatever.
2: I, I don't think at any point during that film I liked him. He's charismatic but I didn't like him the slightest yeah. because he's like he's off colour jokes uh about Arabs and things that he does. Oh my god. And stuff like that, these are they aren't put in there for you to laugh at. They're put in there to show I them mean, a bit of a twat.
1: Really. That, that bit when he goes to kill uh, after they've been to the, the old whore's house <laughs> he's got that sunbed thing that you can get a time while he's shagging. Um, and all that like fucking but then then he goes to kill the builder, doesn't he, or whatever, that has kicks her out. And he's just criticising all their all that like labor they their, their yeah. sort of work saying they don't you know there's the scrimping save they don't do a proper job and all that and obviously the the guy he kills is yeah, black, black is he yeah. black or black yeah. and then they get his dick out to see if it's true that you know black men have big dicks <laughs> and it's like and you, i'm saying this out loud but when he's doing it you're like i don't know it's just fucking bizarre isn't it like how fucking <laughs> bad is that you know, like, I've just killed this dude. Oh, oh Remy, Remy, the, the fucking the guy that's making a documentary. Pull his pants down. Let's have a look at his dick. And he's like, I'm
2: all about the fucking size of his dick. Oh, my God, it's just... I mean, that's that's at the point where they've they've stopped, like, treating him as a subject of the documentary, and they've started to participate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They start they start to participate when he's, like, stalking a victim in, like, some abandoned power plant or whatever. And, he's, and he just stops, and he sees a pigeon... And he starts launching pigeons. into a poem about pigeons. He loves pigeons, and then and then he sort of convinces the crew to sort of look for this gunman, and he kills him. It's just the the way they drag the documentary team out of the back of the camera into the front of the camera. And the way they keep killing the sounders, oh was, my god! As well. Patrick. <laughs> pa- yeah. So many of them die.
1: <laughs> Patrick, Patrick, but, I mean, and the, the other one. And the, and the funny thing was, when the, uh, Remy does his like little sad thing, they both have the same wife and they both have the same <laughs> child. And the way they put, he dedicates a film to both of them, Patrick and whatever the other guy's called.
0: So we sat you down. Within the first thirty seconds, you know what you're getting, don't you? Like you says, he instantly yeah. kills the woman on the train been watching that, and he's quite a good-looking guy. You see the woman walk past. You're not even sure at that moment are you watching a documentary because you see you don't see Remy. They're all behind the camera. She doesn't even scream for them. If you notice, she doesn't look for, at them for help either. It's, it, that could no. be an actual film bit. He just grabbed her and dragged her in. And then he talks about the weights of the body, which is tremendous how he does that. Because
1: it's like... Hilarious. I was pissing myself. It's just like like
0: me going to work and telling my kids, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I did some SQL today, did this today. To him, it's just his work. That's it. That's his life, what he leads through, doesn't it?
1: And he's kind of proud of that, that he has this knowledge and expertise in this field,
2: and he is very good at it.
1: Mm. Although very sloppy to a degree, he sort of seems to get, get it done.
2: And he's kind of weirdly principled as well. He does have like his rules Yeah. that he sticks to. So, whereas is like, I mean, you could expect he's not—he's not a ravening madman. He's just—he has a, a cold, psychotic side that he expresses quite freely, without any thought to the consequences at all. He's a pure psychopath and a pure sort of <laughs> sociopath as well. So, yes, yeah, he's narcissistic. He rants all all the time about whatever he he chooses to rant about and I think giving him a documentary maybe uh, might have like spurred kill him Moore. on to yeah. do kill Moore just to yeah. show off because to him the acts that he's doing uh are an important thing like skipping skip a little bit but uh right at the end when he's um when he and he's got the he's got the collar yeah. on his neck and uh he tries to tries to get is it another yeah, postman yeah. And then it you know, like messes it up, and, and then he's
0: unlike uh, the video. Said, no, I didn't do that. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like these points within the film, like he like says, uh, it's like the documentary obsessed for giving him the soundbox and that's what it is. They give him a platform to uh, more or less show off. So he ends up talking out loud in the pub. There's people behind him looking at him like strangely. Think, what on earth is he going on about? And then he's he just talks freely and openness about it, which reluctantly leads to his demise because more and more people know, more people are going to be after you as well.
1: But I mean, no, but I mean, like you say, from the first scene, you've got then your midgets, old people, this whole thing, and then normal life. And it starts, you know, starts the month of the postman, and I just keep writing on my I my notes like normalization, completely tries to normalize it, so you can. Accept it yeah is
2: that the right word well i think I think it's been normalized because that that's the message of the film is the fact that we are normalizing the kind of violence that we do see in t v and cinema yeah. because we yeah. attend and we we want for more it's like uh, in in like uh, a lot of t v it used to be the case where shooting like you like see a lot of Doctor Who right for example, somebody gets shot in Doctor Who there's not blood splattering everywhere. And or they just, you won't even see blood at all. You'll just see them fall down. That's how it used to be. But now, we are disappointed if we don't see blood gore yeah. and stuff. And that's kind of... This is a comment on how that has changed. I, think, I, as
1: well. I mean, I think as well, all the killings, killings, the shootings and that, you know, there wasn't a dramatic amount of blood, probably for budget reasons or whatever, or trying to keep it real but early on. And you go to see that old woman knocks on the door, you know, and hey, he's very charming, we're doing this documentary, and da, da, da. And you kind of don't know what he's going to do, and she gets distracted, you know, do you know anyone? And then he just suddenly gets his gun out, scares it to death, and then says, I knew I could do that because I saw heart pills. So I've saved a bullet. Like he's really chuffed about <laughs> saving the bullet by giving her a heart attack to death because <laughs> he saw the fucking heart I, pills or that's whatever. Quite a it's clever, just...
0: moment for phone because he's showing off in front of the camera. Isn't he? It's like yeah. this is why I did it. It's like it keeps the neighbours from coming. It keeps the sound down. I saw these pills on the side. I knew I could give her a heart attack. It's like I played this game so yeah. many times before. It comes across like you know, like a mini detective of himself. So he sort of tries to understand (laughs) that if he does that, this could possibly happen. So he knows that there is consequences, but even though he goes around like half-assed and by the looks of it, you think, how does he get away with this? Because he is showing off in front of the documentary crew, but he also knows what he's doing. He's a master of his work. He is a sick Leon, like the film Leon. (laughs) <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean as well. It's funny as fuck when they're going around like finding cash under t- tablecloths, and he's like, "I know, I know." The old people keep it under tablecloths, and he's like sharing out a bit as well. Like, you know, trying to contribute to the film because he wants yeah. friends. Yeah, that's the way I see. He just wants them to be mates, and then he goes into the mattress and all that, and he's just finding all this cash, like stash of cash, because he knows how to how to how to do it. He's done it so many times before, obviously.
2: The I think the the, the fact that the documentary crew is there kind of ruins what they were trying to do if they're trying to document somebody doing something that's one thing but when the when the subject starts to do things in order to show off and, in order to it only because the documentary crew were there yeah then then that just shows how pointless yeah. the documentary yeah. is
0: yeah poetry. he's already bro- broken down that wall where they want to show him in his real habitat so yes. of like a, you know a david attenborough you just you carry on with what you're doing and we'll just film it but he's already started to think that he's the star. And I think that's what he wanted. He wanted the friends. He wanted to be the star, and He wanted to be popular. Like what Bob was saying, he wanted to be popular. So he's talking to the camera rather than just getting on with his day-to-day stuff.
2: How do you it's a Schro- I- it's a Schrodinger's cat thing, isn't it? With the obs- in observing it, it changes yeah. how he acts. How do, you, how, how, how do you perceive the
1: crew, though, to be? like Scared? Or they kind of want to get on board because they want to make this? Or... They're getting some financial reward because it's contributing to the film and obviously giving them money from people. Because I really do get a sense of friendship, particularly from from Remy and mm. Ben. You know, I do I, get. There's kind of like I know there's there's fear there, but do you think it is a fear thing while the, while they're the going with him?
2: I don't. I don't think by choice they would have spent any time with that with him yeah. had it not been for something that they were after. They were after a documentary yeah. to make their money. Yeah, and I think that they they appear at times to like be friendly they're chatting at the bar and all that sort of thing but there's that's no basis for anything it's a, it's yeah. a falsehood isn't it it's not real because you can't be friends with somebody that is basically sociopathic and narcissistic they're there just like being nice to him just because they want you, it to continue you
0: do see that but also you also see where it gets to the point where they become more or less um, scared of going against his wishes like the I think one of the first brutal attacks after uh, the old woman would be the one where he goes to the family and he goes into the, the family's that family house
1: <laughs> is that when he punches the woman and she's having a fit and then he goes, <laughs> and, he goes and, s- smashes, and he goes and smashes then he goes and smashes the husbands head into his sink the kid comes in. And then but kids uh like what is he says, like kids kids are not financially rewarding unless you get into kidnapping but he doesn't yeah. want the fame. and also like he says that um sort of more um you know, richer families or whatever, suburban families. So credit cards, there's no cash. You know this kind of thing. And it was like basically a complete fucking waste of time for him.
2: Well, that's that's when that's the first time that the document documentary people yeah, start to participate. to participate. And it's by holding the kid yeah. down when
0: he kills it. So they, they <laughs> hold the kid so down. I mean, and like, they, at, like... at that point, you think they do have a way out. They they do that. I can understand them doing it at that point because they're scared he's just going to turn the gun on them. So they'll do it and they're participating reluctantly to do it. But then they could have backed out afterwards they could have just gone missing not turned up the next day but yeah, it uh, also makes me think does remy have this um this appreciation for what this guy is doing in the sense that he's sort of you know, a lot of people might think like is it is remy also bordering on the side of he wants to be similar to this serial killer
1: well, have 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 a because he because he, he's very skillful, yeah. like we've said as well. His job. I mean, the the one before the killings before that was the one where they're in the taxi and he's got the the gun at the taxi driver's yeah. head following him. I don't even know. I think it's yeah. a hit that one, isn't it? Some gangster or something. Yeah. He's just like fucking shooting out this taxi. And then they go around all that was trying to chase him, and that's Patrick. where I think is it Andre. Patrick or Andre yeah. die of the crew die in there. But the funniest bit is before we even got to the gangster is he loses his, an ID bracelet or something or badge that he stole of someone else. And he makes them all stop and search for it. Like he's fucking up really up high shouting, I can see something shiny. I can see something shiny. Is that it? It's like, no. And so he's like bossing the crew
2: about for ages to find his stolen ID bracelet. Do you know what I like about that? Is because right down below, who's looking for that bracelet thing, is the sound recordist. So you can hear the sound recorders quite loudly when he's replying. playing.
0: But when you're
2: hearing, um, when you're hearing it, uh, Ben whatever his name is, uh, shouting down, it's like far away. That's that's a clever little touch. And I tell
1: you what, there's a scene as well within this before or well, before, because obviously he's a bit of a poetic. Guy artist or you know all these things he thinks he is. The bit on the beach with the pit, you know, with the, he's doing the pigeon poem, I think, and he ends up. You needs to see him on the beach bollock there, yeah. like just googling, gangling around. Fish at,
0: restaurant, yeah, yeah this yeah. uh, poem <laughs> It's just <laughs> that like, it's crazy little bit of magic. But,
1: but it kind of is not. It's not like trippy, is it? It's, it's sort of still verging on reality. It's not like just a trippy scene in his head or whatever. It's just... I don't know. Well, they, it's,
0: just yeah, bonkers, it? it's, it's just bonkers, isn't it? just bonkers. At that point, you're not sure, is he just... You know, is he spilling this poem out and reminiscing what he did? Or is he just dreaming this? Because you do see a guy on the beach as well just so sort of walking past. Thinking, <laughs> 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 you know, what the nerve's going on?
1: I mean, when you first meet Valerie, who you don't know if it's his girlfriend or what she is. Um, and he met her when she was 10 years old in a tight white socks and all this kind of fucking creepy pedo shit. Um, and obviously he has some sort of hold over her when they're doing the music. She's playing the flute and he's playing the piano and he just, she plays a one, one wrong note and all this kind of stuff. And, it, and it's just weird. And then, and then I don't, I don't know what this means, but when he I was saying about like being a full-time musician or whatever, and he goes, and then I changed my career blunderbuss <laughs> and he has his gun. <laughs> So it's blunt. What's what is blunderbuss? Does anyone know what it's blunderbuss? It's a type of gun. Oh, so it's a gun, right? Okay, because it was. A, I wasn't sure. I just thought that's a fucking cool oh.
2: word. <sighs> right, it can be both a cool I, word. And, and a
0: gun. I, I think at that point as well, he's <laughs> showing the um, the power he has over Valerie. Like Valerie might as well be his plaything, yeah. and she's mind-washed yeah. in the sense of you know, like he's uh, he's, sort of, he's sort of groomed her. He's groomed her from an early age to be what he yeah. wants to be. He loves the fact that she plays the flute. He loves the fact that she goes to these like art galleries, and he likes to feel sophisticated, doesn't he? So her, yeah. she also looks uh, a bit of a, a bit of a different class you know, than him. She also looks, you know, what I mean, the way she presents herself, she's not this um, dirty Jenny. It's just, she's not a whore. <laughs> so he, he feels <laughs> like he wants to be part of this like establishment. It's his self-deceit,
2: isn't it? He, he's self-deceiting all the way through it. He, he thinks of himself. He wants to think of himself as somebody artistic and, yeah. and nuanced and highbrow. But in reality, what you see is the, the guy who's racist. uh a homophobic. And, and, has, and homophobic, has very <laughs> little in the way of people skills. And will go off at the deep end at the slightest. Yeah. Look at that that scene where he goes to, where he's persuaded... He's persuaded the documentary team to go on there, to go to eat mussels at the uh, at the seafood restaurant, and the waiter says, "No, well, actually, I sh- you can't serve that because." And he just has a go at him. Says, I-, "I want mussels, and I want them now. Don't give me excuses." And then he's puking up half an hour later after <laughs> he's eaten. He does. He's not. He's not the brightest of sparks, he just wants yeah. to be. I think. No. Oh, he's just dead, dead good at killings and that.
1: Um. I mean, just going back a bit to... Well, back and forward. for When Remy's doing his um, sort of tribute to Patrick and then at later on, I think it's the other guy's called Frank. Exactly the same yeah. tribute again. That's exactly, exactly the same, the same tribute. Yeah. He had a child to Marie Paul and all this kind of stuff. It's an occupational hazard
2: <laughs> as well. When he says occupational hazard, I fucking piss myself. So, so, he, so I think that's, that's a sign that Remy is just nuts but he's not brave enough to do... Yeah, to exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> to, do, to do... He admires. Yeah, I, I do think so. I think he gets to this. a point where Remy could have easily gone down... You know what I mean? Gone on a train and fucked off somewhere away from this nutter. But he stays it's, with him. He wants to see what comes, call comes the police, to the end. Yeah, call the police, any sensible person. But, you know, it, they get more and more involved where, like he says, it goes from a documentary crew to being... A, uh, like... Sort of like how Valerie is to the to Ben. He yeah. he controls yeah, yeah. them then. And they, they I, sh- they're I shit mean, scared I, of it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I just wanna go I wanna say a couple of things. So I've put in my notes here, there's another trippy scene when it says watching a tit ballet while airfix planes on the boom mic and then another shooting, right? And then I, I wrote this down, which I sent you a photo of last night because this is fucking horrific. So I'll put standard lads night out, dress as a figure, vicar, get smashed, play gin-tier olive race, gang-rape a woman in front of her naked husband, uh, finish, uh, finish by, by ripping her intestines out and killing her husband. Now, saying that out loud, that sounds horrific, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, uh, and it? And it fucking is, because the whole film crew gang-bang a woman and then he he's the last one on her and he makes her come apparently you know like he he's the one because you're like you're saying he's such a fucking narcissist and all that he's the one that makes her come and all this and, and it's basically they just got smashed so it's it's a bit like a really graphic version of the film *The hangover you know like it's got fucking smashed and then they've done all this but they're kind of like you expect him not to give a shit after this event but they kind of yeah, don't really they, give a shit.
0: They either, just the film crew. fell into his like uh, mentality at that point. Yeah, there was pissed, but it's no but, excuse.
2: That's the desensitisation. But uh, that's why it's showing that like at the start they are standoffish, but soon as they start to get involved, they're desensitised to it. They're quite happy to throw a body up yeah. into a quarry, like, right? and then they're quite happy <laughs> while while he is at the top shouting down at them and, and the quarry <laughs> on the water's gone. <laughs> And so there's all these fucking bodies everywhere. You had to and smash like, the bodies up. <laughs> oh, I, I can still see the legs. I can still see the legs <laughs> at the top of the cliff as well like properly shouting
1: down to the crew. Fucking saw that body and out. They, <laughs> and tide's got out.
2: And they're doing it. They think
1: that's the problem. they're, they're oh, actually think, doing that. It's nuts. I mean, what did you feel about that? Because that, I think, that is for me the most horrific scene. But again, it was
2: clever because. I'm surprised it
0: got past the censors. Well, like. yeah, it, was, uh, it did get past the censors. But have you heard about blockbusters in this film? That blockbusters yeah, when the video, when the video shot shot was, shot was closed down. out, but uh, this didn't close it down. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, they were quite stringent and wanted more cuts to the film before they was having it in their shop. So they asked for extra cuts and cut the rape scene out and cut the uh, little kid getting killed as well out of it as well. Oh, those are the best clips. I know. Clips, Clint. <laughs> what are <you> I talking <laughs> about? <laughs> these, these are the best. If, if not, other than that, it could just be Coronation Street you're watching.
1: But <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's like the fucking that gangbang rape scene. Like, you see their bare asses, you know, and all that as well. It's like, it is graphic, but I don't know if it's. Yeah, it's just you know, weird. It's you know just why? a fucking the tr- weird The trouble thing. is
0: with censorship, and the trouble is with ratings of films is, well, back in the very early eighties. There was zero rating on VHS. That's why you had the Driller Killer and all these um, splatter fest of films came out, didn't they? Before Mary Whitehouse and the team jumped on and started rating videos and going into the VHS world. But yeah. the reason why things like even Straw Dogs, remember Straw Dogs from the 70s? There's a there's a yeah. there's a brutal gangbang rape scene in that, very similar to the uh, how they put this bit together. But people complained. People wanted it banned like death witch wanted the uh, rape scene band in that as well because it's touching very close to realism you switch on the news it's happening you know what i mean we switch on the news
1: but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't feel this thing is everything in this thing doesn't feel like that it kind of yeah makes it that's okay. that's
0: what i feel like very much similar to you it's like it makes the fit It's the way it's filmed it makes it feel okay but the reason it was they ban it is they hear about this is in the film. It's usually people ain't fucking seen oh, yeah. it. They say, they kill a kid and he's a uh, gangbang rape scene. It happens in real life, okay? You know, I mean, Quentin Tarantino films don't yeah. get banned. Why? Because it's it's more or less a cartoon theatre. It's over exaggerated blood splatters. Yeah. This isn't. This is more or less what would and, happen.
2: And it misses the whole fucking point exactly. of the film. Which is the fact that, I mean, it's essential to have those bits in it to show the depravity that we're willing yeah. to watch and, and show the depravity to which it does exist out there. So, what's the point in censoring it? Yeah. It's not, you're not yeah. watching this film in a voyeuristic way. You, you are, it's voyeurism in the sort of like rubbernecking, see a car crash yeah. kind of way. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It's not. You're not getting no, off on no, it. no, no, because absolutely it, there's nothing not. about this film no. that you can get off on. But you are. But, but I mean, you are yeah, laughing.
1: Yeah, you, yeah. I did, I laughed. I laughed. I didn't laugh at
2: the gang rap scene. You know, I have to say.
1: No, I. I, I just. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Especially when he's like doing his big bravado on it and that. And then the next scene is cut to them fucking waking up all over. Her intestines are ripped out, and her husband's dead in the sink. And I was like, <laughs> I was
2: like, what the fuck? That that seems th- important because. Because it's showing the aftermath but it's in a completely calm way not Yeah, even that's in any what I mean, way. yeah, like they don't wake us. up like
0: going, Ah, what have we done? That's, that's how bad they, they I mean, have. Even the music's yeah. calming and they're happily falling asleep yeah. naked, half naked, on each other, not giving <laughs> a shit. Just like you I've I fell asleep at Bob's half pissed up. That's it, I'm on the floor, passed out. That's it. It's just normal. Yeah. And you
1: wake up and, and me and my girlfriend, the kid are dead <laughs> and the intestines are everywhere there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, another night out with for ships. Like I'll see you later, Bob. Cheers. 25th <laughs> quid <for>
0: taxi. <laughs> well, you got he's interlaced in the film is um, when he get when he gets shot. Um, sorry, not when he gets shot. When he has when he has his boxing match because he thinks he's a dead hard man. And he gets knocked out. And he's put in hospital. Well,
1: that's, yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say, fucking first punch. And, and, and
0: knocked out first punch. And he says to his mum and daddy, oh, yeah, it was a difficult match. So we have that uh, nice scene about his parents. And it's funny what, what they're going on about. And then there's a brilliant bit written in of the guy next to him in the bed. And he shit the bed. Yes. And he's having an argument with the nurse. Chicken.
1: Well, they keep, they keep going chicken. He
0: totally berates
1: him, and it's like... Because they have that little joke of chicken shit. I can smell chicken shit. Yeah. You know when he smells the fear when he's after someone? He says, what, chicken shit? No, just shit. Caca. Caca. And he's fucking just berates the old man who shit himself in that bed. <laughs> it is fucking horrific
0: again. I you get, I can't help but laugh so much. And, like, you... <laughs> it's, oh no, it's a funny, it's hilarious bit. It's like. film of, like, oh, my God, what am I watching? Someone's just getting... <laughs> brutally raped and killed and then next minute it's like only fills and Horses Comedy Gold with some guy shitting the bed. It could be <laughs> carry on um, in a hospital at that point. The arguments what they're going in. Really I think caca you cacad. You cakad. It's <laughs> like I watched a, another review uh last night on this an American bloke doing it. Number one, he got it completely wrong. He said it was a French film, so it was a Belgian film. The Belgians would kick off with that one. Well, well, they are ah, speaking ah. in French, though, weren't they? I was
1: going to say yes, John. The workers, my girlfriend, she speaks fluent French and German, and she was like, not half half watching, listening to it because she understood what they were saying. And I said, "This is a Belgian film." She said, "Well, they're speaking
2: yeah. perfect I
0: French." Mean, they probably did that so, for the yeah. international. So parts of
2: Belgium do yeah. speak French. There's Flemish and there's French, and it's a bit of a mix and match of what language is in there. There you
1: yeah, go. I'd right.
2: say, well, yeah, Bonjour. Bonjour.
1: So that, so that should be a I, yeah.
2: I heard that Remy, who was this was his film. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, it was quite interesting that they also put themselves in the film with their own names. Makes, as well, I think really. I think
0: that makes life a bit easier when you are doing a film. I used to do films in the college. Yeah, and it's so more, much make, more natural than yeah. chatting. Yeah,
2: but he he didn't do anything after that. He sort of left. He went to do advertising, and apparently he committed suicide in 2006. What, so Remy, he didn't add uh, anything... Yeah, Remy, the director. Right, okay. D- uh, he didn't add anything oh, to his there's the One film. thing which I must... it so has got one thing in his film that was awesome in this, yeah, in well, this film. Yeah, so
0: well, you always say, like, your, your, what is it, your 15 minutes of fame. Well, I think he had another bit of fame. Did you hear about when he threw the custard pie in Bill Gates' face? No. Yeah. Was that him? <laughs> so, uh, in 1998, four people, all of whom f- was fine for throwing custard pies at Bill Gates'. <laughs> That's a great fact, Chef. <laughs> that
1: is a great fact. So it is two but, things I mean, to go down for. Just...
0: It's Man Bites Dog and for Creed in Bill Gates' face.
1: <laughs> well, the, on the DVD, on the extras, there was, a sh- like, shorts of, uh, with Benoit. So it was just Benoit, basically. There's loads of different weird little bits of of him being filmed for stuff. Like, shorts, basically. Which is, I, I kind of was, lady, it was Benoit that, that was responsible for the film. I didn't realise it was Remy. Because uh, mm. the man's a fucking yeah. genius. This is, this is this is this is no one will ever make a film like this again, or have, has ever, has ever, or will ever make a film like this again. It's you, very, know, it's special you know, especially Cliff.
2: You know, Cliff. We did the yeah. Razorhead, didn't we? Another kind of student yeah. film as well. And I think there's something to be said for uh, having no budget, mm. so so that what you get out of the film is something that is a lot. Richer because it doesn't have anything to yeah. fall back on in terms of stars or effects or anything really. It was a, it was a it was a raw film.
0: It felt raw to watch it. You're not answering to any producer. You're not answering to any big corp who's telling you you must do this or you must take this out. This anyone behind this or back in this probably wouldn't have even let half of it out if they would have seen it beforehand. Oh God! Oh, absolutely the they not. They got it this, in the can. It, and yeah. they took themselves to cans, which more or less show anything, and then was awarded. <laughs> and you know, some people, some people apparently walked yeah. out as well because of how, how disgusting. But you know what? Stuff like that—if you do that in cans—if you get someone to walk out, just yeah. gains notoriety. Oh, fuck, doesn't it? More yeah, people yeah, want, want a bit. Brilliant. More people want to watch it.
1: Absolutely brilliant. I mean, after the whole the caca, it moves on. To, I know we've touched it before—the the birthday scene when he gets given that holster, and it's mm-hmm. like fucking. Yeah, you know, people get jealous, and he's, he's got, like I say, he's two women there, the old whore and uh, and Valerie, and they're having a bit of crack. With, I can't remember that guy's name, but he's having an argument with, in the pub with him earlier about boxing yeah. and all that. Because obviously yeah. he knows fucking loads about boxing. <laughs> <laughs> he smacks face one fucking punch out. Um, but it, And it's kind of like, it's awkward, as it is anyway. He's quite a hospital, they're celebrating that, and his birthday or whatever. Gets his holster, and he just... Don't even see him fuming. He just is like, I'll try it out. I'll try it out. Just goes, Bang! Blood splatter everywhere. Killed this guy who he's getting jealous of.
2: I mean, who who else has been in an awkward situation and wished yeah. they had a resolution? <laughs> yeah, he exa- exactly. That's and what he, like. he doesn't even no. hesitate. Yeah, he makes that. He, he resolves it immediately. He's
0: got That's no it. filter. He has, he has no filter. And yeah.
1: Not one, not one scream. Nothing. Just fucking uh, Valerie and the old horse up there with blood and on the face. And then gets back down. And him dead as a fireplace. Starts
0: eating his cake. Mm. And asks, Remy, "Why are you yeah. not eating your cake, mate?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then, the old horse brings him down. He's has got blood desert. on the face, bit of <laughs> brain on the face. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just looking at him, but again, this is very much like what he does oh. to Valley. what what he does to people around him. He controls them. Everyone he controls them that much yeah. that he they'll just worship him. He's like sort of more or less borders like a cult hero to them. They I
1: was gonna say cult,
0: that that, that guy, was what it what's he called? That fucking
1: Charles Manson or whatever he was called, that dude, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. But that is a fucking
2: brilliant scene. Wh- Why do play, you think, what what do you think about the title, Man Bites Dog? And what it means. I mean, obviously, you know what the the aphorism is, don't you? When when no. a man bites, when a dog bites a man, that's not news because it happens so often. Right. But if a man bites a dog, that is news. So that's why man bites dog. is like it's it's like a catch all for like uh, tabloid journalism and news media sens- sensationalism and all that sort of stuff.
1: I feel like you're so, Ben White. I'm learning from you,
2: John. It's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to shoot you in the face. You probably would as well, John. (laughs) I would never be able to get hold of a gun. That's the only thing stopping (laughs) me. Good.
0: (laughs) I can sort you out, mate. Come Manchester. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, Manchester. Sulfur, lad. Sulfur. I can get on a fucking firearms. Uh, There's also the title, like the direct French, uh, French translation is It Happened in Your Neighbourhood. And mm. if you mm. look at it that way, that's that's yeah. the tagline, so isn't it? Having yeah. that it happen in your neighbourhood, I think. Without when I when I was young, and to watch this, it means fuck all to me. That, but more when you grow up, it's like you know what? You never know what happens next door. You never know. It could be happening. Yeah. The amount of stuff what you see on TV. Well, well, I know they're just fucking shouting at a
2: two-year-old. That's all I know from my next door. <laughs> <story. laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Tell it to <laughs> shut up.
1: I think I think I think when when you sort of move on though cuz obviously it ends up with him being in prison because he crosses the wrong postman or whatever. Um I kind of want you to explain this to me. So he he goes to prison. Um and then he escapes, right? Gets to Valerie, what well, you know, uh, and then and then he gets in the car. That like, it's the crew that you, you take him to Valerie's, and she's dead with a flute up her ass.
2: which he then
1: cleans off with sadness and sorrow. <laughs> then I think he goes to his mum's house, and he comes so out she's with had the broom. That shoved up her ass. <laughs> yeah.
2: she, she's had the broom stuck yeah. up her ass. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He, but it's so funny the way because he's in the house for a while, and he comes out with his broom. Well, and he upset some yeah, gangsters, didn't he, me? He,
0: he killed. Yeah. He killed the gangster's brother, into he? he's got the Italian mob after him. Because they send him a message uh, by those uh, skewered rats, <laughs> which Valerie finds one.
1: Oh, is that what it is? Yeah.
0: The right, I just put taxidermy for and that bit. <laughs> and taxidermy. then when he's wow. in hospital, his mum says, someone put a skewered rat? And she thinks it's the kids in the neighbourhood. And then she's going on about <clears> someone <throat> pissed in someone's letterbox as well.
1: <laughs> but that, that the bit when he comes out, so you, the flute bit's quite funny when you, you see in her and he, he, he's crying and he washes it off yeah. with care. And then they got his mum's house in there for a bit. He comes out with his broom and Remy, ever goes and he says, "Oh, what's happened?" He says, "Well, my mum was a cleaner." or <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <Yes. laughs> But they don't, they don't sort of say it. He's just really
0: cleverly done. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. brilliant. She,
1: your mum did play the flute, did she? <laughs> that was the I and mean, you like, thinking, <laughs> that's it. Oh
0: my god, fucking great! That is and then
1: and then you get and then you get some more
0: pigeon talk. <laughs> as well. Well, yeah. at that then points he started but, to uh, lose the ploy- plot until. He's like, he's, his family's dead, He's big been jailed. he's got police after him, he's got this gangster after him, do not he? And th- he thinks to himself. He's starting yeah. to
2: unravel, sure. He yeah. thinks,
0: right, I need to take hideout. And he goes to that hideout, and did you notice, it's the same place as before, and he's still got a body on the floor as he walking in. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I right, <laughs> we forgot to fucking clear that one. But how
1: how, that end shot is just wonderful.
0: It's
1: a when Dutch tilt, sh- isn't it? Yeah, so you get the the shot of the head, the tilt, and the whole slow motion with the the fog or smoke or whatever coming out, and it's just a great ending to the. F- I just think I literally, I'm not joking. I think this film is a ten out of ten for me. I think it's perfect. I'm so pleased it's being brought to my attention and I sound like a right yeah. sick fuck, but it's just so yeah. clever. There's
0: points within the the filming of it where other people have said, "Oh, you can get away with the mistakes," but you know what i think a lot everything's purposely done they were clack they were clever yeah. crafted producers directors they took a long time they took years to make this isn't just done in a year what they bobble together this yeah. is crafted work um razorhead took him six or seven years to make as well crafted work where every little scene is done on purpose. It's meant to look jiggity. It's meant to look running. It's, it's holding a camera. Mm. And like you said then, Bob, is the end scene, you really see the art of what they're producing. Because uh, yeah. it shows him just getting shot. You don't even see the gunman, do you? And then he shows the camera phone and, and the smoke coming away and, and just the shots. And that's all you need. You've seen Gruesome. You've seen yeah. Splatter. You've seen a fucking flute up someone's yeah. ass. <laughs> you don't need to see anything. You've seen You've gang rape. You've, You've seen actually the seen. Beans they've ticked every single box of how you could possibly yeah. kill people, haven't they? And that, that end shot where it just goes away. You can see it's been uh, used a million times. Blair Witch tried it, didn't they? Where they've they, nicked yeah. it. And other mockumentaries, what people do. But this, like I said before, it, it was ahead of its time.
1: I'm so pleased that you told us about it and then when I went to see John and we were talking about it because I said like he, John obviously said I've not seen this for years and he kind of briefly explained it's a mockumentary about a serial killer and if I hadn't have known maybe it was a mockumentary <laughs> I don't know if I I probably would have known <laughs> but it's one of them like if John had sort of give me that sort of brief and very brief yeah. outline I don't I just I just think I, I re, like I never fucking met John will back me up I never make notes do I John?
2: No you made a well, shit ton there by the all oh,
1: of man. All them fucking, all them notes. Oh, shit, I'm knocking microphones on that. But yeah, because I just, I really wanted to kind of get to know it and just write it down. What See, are you going to say? Because cause, cause although we're talking about film, we kind of have to be careful as well. Because it's, like you say, it's it's racist. It's homophobic. He's homophobic. You know, is it car talking about gay. You know, like people yeah. must be loads of gays in your profession and stuff yeah. like that. Not that I'm bothered. Not that I'm bothered. You know, a kind of you know, I'm not racist kind of thing. But
2: I tell you what, see, one scene that I uh, I thought was quite meta uh, was when they meet another documentary oh, following yeah. an assassin <laughs> yes. who was trying to kill him, uh, and and they sort of like like two documentary crews meet, yes, and uh, and yeah, see, uh, there's both people on both sides. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why when that that scene had just thought... This is like full
0: on paintballing, yeah. <laughs> I
1: don't know why I thought <laughs> paintballing was fucking cool. Because when you him, saw but... that
0: documentary t- uh, uh, scene there, and it's quite iconic within the film, because a lot of people go on about it, because it's like they're filming a documentary to film themselves, so it's them looking at themselves as well. And if they wasn't fast, yeah. you know, it could have been in pulling a trigger, and then, then would have gone. But it also makes you realise how many people use parts of this film. A hundred percent, I bet. Um, Simon Pegg. There's a bit Simon in Pegg. Shaun the Dead where he meets him meets another version of himself. Have you seen that? And he yeah. meets a whole crew yeah. of people exactly like the crew what he's with, and that made me think, shit, yeah. I bet he's I bet he's took stuff like this out of films. Simon Pegg and
1: uh, Edgar, yeah. Edgar Wright. They this, they they love doing yeah. stuff like that, and they love it when people like us yeah. pick up on it. You know, like in Space, when they've got kind of like the uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back scene from a bedroom window, uh, they they do it all the time, loads of yeah. geek references, and they love they love doing it. So he'll be buzzing yeah. now, Sheps. Hopefully he'll listen up to on that Because I mean, really listening like well. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> he's a big listener, Peggy. Peggy. Ah, Peggy
0: Well, ah, peg. <laughs> like you said, Bo, it's a real shame that uh, the guy, you know, um, sadly went into depression and passed away.
2: There's, there's also a there's also a beauty of the fact that this was his one work and it kind of he put yeah, everything yeah. into it. And uh, and it's it's despite the fact that it's banned in a couple it's of still, countries banned. still. It's
0: I think Where? it's still banned I think
2: it's still banned in Ireland and Ireland,
0: Sweden. Ireland we Ireland re banned it in two thousand and three. It was already pre banned and he must have had a oh, date yeah, for yeah, it yeah. to fall over and then he banned he banned it. And it's Sweden banned and a and then in America yeah. they have a lot of cuts. I don't think you see the uh, gangbang as much through there. <laughs> well, I, th- I think I think, the, <laughs> I think the I think the I think the issue ishi- oh, they just they just clearly miss
2: the point though, don't they? That's the point. And also, um, you don't really want people seeing this and watching it in the wrong way, do you? You don't I mean, want if, people if, watching if, if... it for the gratification of it.
1: It's a bit like when I listened to your podcast that you did on a Head. Like, I loved listening to it and it fascinated me. And I have no idea what you were on about. I just sort of wonder if people have never seen this film before and the heroes talking about it. And kind of like, like I'm saying, I think it's a fucking great film. And yet, the, yeah. the content in the film that we've discussed, if you've not seen it, you know, and, you, and you're, you know, a bit small minded or whatever, or open minded, <laughs> I don't know what you call them nowadays, but you know, like, it's just fucking nice. It's a great film. Well, Look, it's, it's it.
2: not. It's. It's not uh, it's not there for no, no. is it? It's there it's there I to think... teach you that watching this is, is sort of the end of a bad
0: road. but I think <laughs> when you watch it and you're young seventeen I watched it, it's the violence and the gratification mm. and the, you know what I mean, you you're you're loving yeah. that. Reservoir dogs time, bad lieutenant time and you know what I mean? the romper stomper. Yeah. It's, you talk about the violence with your mates. When you get older and you see the violence yeah. in the world of how it is you realise, exactly like, like you were saying, John, uh, what they're showing is is how extreme can you watch things? To the, you know what I mean? How much can we just keep throwing it at you and you just want to watch it? You're just watching it. Yeah. It's testing you. And they do it in such a satirical way.
1: I think, I think just to sort of touch on it, finally, for me, it's the trick. So it's not a film that's trying to be graphic as fuck. To fucking go you to make you go, Oh my yeah. god, it's making you do this. You know your eyes. It's not a, no, go, no, it's not no. a go film no. at all. But he, he, the way he's so clever, the way he brings you in and not say so necessarily make it well he makes it acceptable. Yeah. You laugh at it.
0: It's satire. Yeah. it's satire. Yeah. It's, yes. it's, it's satire in all the mockumentaries before. You can tell the guy's watched Cannibal Holocaust in the past, the way the way they did the the documentary type style of a film. And he's he's brought that up to date well up, up to date off the time, and that shit load of films came after this, and you could tell just ripped it off yeah
1: nothing 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 will ever ever come near this, nothing will ever come near this, not at all I've never seen a film like it, and i'm that's why i'm fuck, I feel really blessed I've seen this film, and thank you for let you know for fucking bring it into my life because it is it's one it of those where just,
0: once you've seen, you just uh, want always great. to see it, though, isn't it? Like if you've got a light-minded yeah. mate, like I had, I had, I had one
1: mate that I dare say, have you seen "Man Bites Dog"? Because I know he'd get it. And I said, like I said, I sent that picture <laughs> I sent you last night in my notes, <laughs> and my baby, and the gang right scene, all in one picture. He wasn't watching it, he was looking at me <laughs> and he doesn't speak French, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, and He was like, he said, I've just showed this to our missus, these notes, which was about the fucking uh, gang magazine. And he said she's
0: never wanted to watch a film more in her life because they're fucking mental. <laughs> like, they just look shit like that. Well, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's the It's people won't get it. And usually the people who won't get it are those, uh, yeah. well, what they say those snowflake people who won't even bother watching it. They'll just read the wiki and go, whoa, I'm not watching that. How can you be laughing about that?
2: There's the Life of, there's the life of Brian people, like the people who haven't watched the film but <laughs> object to it on the principle yes. of How what How can you object do? to Life
1: of Brian? It's amazing. Fuck <laughs> off. People that don't like Life of Brian.
2: Exactly, because they've not watched it. They don't understand that there's a there's a second layer to it. I mean, it's just... It's just it, beggars belief how stupid people are it's, it's out. a film Actually, at the end of the day
0: I, I, it's a film, it's not a snuff film it's, it's a film, a satire film no. very very cleverly done and I know a lot of people out there I've read some reviews today and to be honest I feel like just writing back to them they've got it completely wrong where they go well, in um, you know, it's a silly documentary being put together rushly. It's not been rushed. It's been artistically cleverly put man, together.
1: I don't fucking. Re- 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 I know we're doing a review for film and podcast <laughs> right now, but fucking these knobheads that do reviews like just to be yeah. dicks. So
2: and they just want off. they want
0: the attention for someone to come back.
2: Yeah, just fuck off. You have to get over the gore. You have to get. You have yeah. to. You have to compartmentalize it in such a way. Like these are actors portraying gore. It's not real. No, no. It's, the, the jokiness, the comedy aspect, the, the the satire of it all makes it clear that it's yeah. not real. So, what message is it trying to get across? And I think most people who watch this will get it that there is a message that it's putting across. Not yeah. it's not just there
0: to like get you rocked off on seeing <laughs> disemboweling or whatever out of everyone in it. Benny or Benoit, Benoit. 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 Pull, I won't even say his second name. I'll just fuck it up. But anyway, uh, Benoit um, has been has has never not been in films since then. He's done film after film after film, and still coming. He's still to t- today, 2020, doing. More. I
2: recognise him. I recognise him. He's quite he's quite mega in French in sort of that, sort of that yeah. of cinema, isn't he? I recognise him from quite, something. I might so have so watched this definitely French. Launched his career. Man Bites dog, mate. You've just watched it. That's where you recognise him from.
1: No, no, no. I think I think he might have been in the uh, I watched this bloody French film. Oh god. Uh, em- uh, Amelie? I watched all right, it. Yeah. All right, Amelie. I'm I think that. he might be in that, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying hundred percent. But I think that's not all French
2: people look the same.
1: same. <laughs> <laughs> I recognise you from somewhere, is all I'm saying. Just talking about scares and movies, I've got two. First one is the acid scene in oh, RoboCop. Really. <laughs> You know when because I watched that when I was fucking eight. Because my dad used to take me to Apple One, which is our video shop no, in Northallerton at the time. And he said, "Oh, fucking get what you want." He didn't even look around. So it's like Rambo, First Blood. Uh, I, I would never forget that RoboCop saying that. Proper scars yeah. me.
2: When it comes
1: Scarred out, me yeah, forever. you <laughs> <laughs> know, you know, and it's that's like and that because that, that's trying to be yeah, shocking, isn't yeah. it? You know, and I, and I can't remember the one. I did have it in the top of my head, but I forgot it. It's a super clever film. And it's a great film and I I've well, bloody loved
0: it. I think we've come I mean, to the end of it and I must say thank you, thank you very much, John <laughs> and and Bob. There is. Uh, it's like the Pleasure. most uh sweatiest uh, threesome I've ever had because it's boiling in here.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I've got I'm finding sweat that I never knew I probably I can sweat under my
0: breasts. <laughs>
1: I, think I, need, do like I need it, to invent some like <laughs> air-conditioned
0: underpants and go on Dragon's Den with them. Uh, yeah. I'm,
1: I'm not wearing underpants.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm, I'm on a leather seat. It's very for... sticky. I don't think I dare get up until winter.
0: <laughs> and for the listeners out there, Bob's just stood up and he's hung like a fucking donkey. Well done, Bob. Well done, mate. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us. I I'm going to ask you both, right? Um, I usually ask my guests, what song would you like putting at the end? Now, these two of you, can you compromise? Put a song, what you would pick for the end credits of Man Bites Dog. If they asked you, put a song, what would it be? Uh,
1: land, oh. down, land Down Under by Men at Work. Because they are the Men at Work. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> any, comment? any comments uh, John, John?
2: Are you any comments uh, on that uh, I think I'll put January regrettery out because that would seem appropriate
0: so yeah. anyway I'll put a combination of the two by mixing them
2: i
1: <laughs> could <laughs> <laughs> do a mix wow. on sh- French or whatever it is uh, men down men at work men down <laughs> under.
0: and that tune's going to be remixed <laughs> by a cliff DJ Shepsters Fucking on great. the decks <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> can't wait so, thank you very much, Len. If you if you pull that off, I'll be very impressed. <laughs> I'll, I'll pull off something.
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm counting on it. I'm counting on it, Chef.
2: I'm counting on this.
1: Right, I'm it
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> right, Thanks, Len, for joining in. Ah, pleasure, no mate. Oh, pleasure, pleasure.
2: pleasure.